Coming up on Golf Today, world number one back to work after a bogey-free 67 on Thursday. Highlights of big John Rahm coming your way from TPC Scottsdale. And the defending champion embarrassed by his world ranking of 20. Brooks Kepka salty with his current station in the game, but right in the mix for a third title in the desert. And Han Solo said, never tell me the odds, but that is exactly what we will do. Super Bowl odds, WM Phoenix Open odds, past the nachos. The party has started on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Seen this place at 6:45 in the dark. Buses rolling in. People of all ages standing in line, waiting to bust through these gates. Bust a move. Stage is set for another loud, rambunctious, mischievous day in the Arizona desert. Never know who might show up. You got Santa Claus after a very busy December, and you see Santa, of course, has a body double, so you don't know who is the real Santa Claus. You got some. Mullets out there, NBA jerseys, a lot of Phoenix Suns fans, there's a Celtics fan, and of course, the yellow cowboy hat. Nice to see some Cowboys actually winning during uh, the winter months. And uh, these are maybe an ode. We'll see an ode to the Augusta National Cats. I don't think these are the real ones. I asked you, is there anything that goes on at this golf tournament that's allowed at Augusta? I think the answer is a hard no. Just golfers. Just the golf. Our perch, once again, at the par 3 16th. This is Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside Rex Hoggard, senior writer at Golf Channel. And folks, I've been saying all week, what a great event this is one time during the year. I'm changing my tune. This feels like the playoffs. This is energy. To me, this is the next level and the next step for golf. I want more of this, Rex. Maybe I'm, this is my red Corvette midlife crisis. I want more of the WM Phoenix Open. I think both of us are falling headfirst into a recency bias on this, <laughs> because I don't think any player is going to tell us that they want a steady diet of this. But one more actually sounds pretty good to me right now. Yeah. I simply look back at the only thing you can compare it to is the Ryder Cup. And I still think this is a little bit different. But as my grandfather used to tell me, one martini is not enough, and two is too many. <laughs> Your grandfather, a wise, wise man. I mean, you can see the folks that have come here on this Friday, maybe taking a day off of work. Maybe the bosses are out here as well. Temperatures expected to reach 81 degrees. It's getting warmer and warmer, and the action's getting better and better. Does anyone work in Phoenix during this week? I think it's just one of those things. People just come out here. It's a holiday, and they're going to come in here and enjoy it. The part that we just pointed out is the stands over here right of the green are full. Those yeah. are the public stands. Everything else around this is maybe half full. I mean, we, yeah. we haven't even seen it at full force yet. We saw folks playing cards here. That was fun. Earlier, I mean, everything goes here at the WM. Had a chance to talk to John Tillery, his swing coach, about it this week. And look, Brandon Chambly has broken this down and done a really, really good job. And he's very critical of the work that he and John are doing. But I think part of that is unfair because if you look at it statistically, there's nothing wrong with his ball striking. Just this year so far off the tee, he ranks 18th in the world. That's up from 88th last year. You look at his putting is where this really comes into play. He simply isn't getting it done on the green strokes game putting this year. He's 201st. And you brought it up. Where this is really glaring is when he's in a situation and he needs to keep the momentum. He's yeah. not doing it. I'll go to yesterday. Number two, misses a 10-footer for par. Shoulders get a little bit slumped. Number seven, nine-footer for par. 
little bit more slump. Number 15, six footer for par. Ricky Fowler used to make those oh, putts. That eyes was closed. The difference. Yeah. And he's just not doing it this time around. I spoke to him at the PGA at Kiowa, and I asked him the, the line of the last couple of years has been your ball striking is suffering because you're trying to incorporate these swing changes. He said, that's not true. I'm past that now. He goes, I just can't see the ball go through the go into the hole. And I think that's part of it. He was always a scorer. I don't think anybody throughout the entirety of Ricky's career would look at him and be like, oh, he's a beautiful ball striker. We're not right. comparing him to Rory or some of the other ball strikers on the PGA Tour. But he knew how to score. The year he finished, I think it was the top five in all four majors, I was blown away by he got up and down from everywhere. Yeah. And he was creative and he was thoughtful. Going back to John Tillery, and I talked to Ricky about this at the American Express a few weeks ago, and his line to me was, he and John are speaking the same language okay. now. It took him a little while. Talking to John earlier this week, there is there is still a little bit in between swings, but it's okay. coming around. So I'm not so much worried about the ball striking. He's got to figure out what to do with the putter. He was once the best putter on the PGA Tour, and you mentioned his 2014 when he finished in the top five in all four majors. By the way, Jordan Spieth did the same thing one year later in 2015, but I just wonder about his disposition going forward. You're talking about a crowd favorite who was on every set of commercials between golf shots at a tournament, and you have to wonder, you mentioned the slump shoulders. You know, it's a heavy crown, a heavy burden that he is wearing for whatever reason, because he's socially media popular, because he's commercially successful in the mind of the sports fan and golf fan, he feels like a 20-time winner. He feels like a major championship winner because of how much we see him, how much he is exposed, how much we talk about him. He's playing alongside you know, the best player in the world this week, so there's no place for him to hide. I just wonder, you know, are John Tillery and Ricky, are they able to keep their chins up during all these criticisms and, let's be honest, some miscuts as well? After the putter, that's probably the thing that concerns me the most, because this event, more than other, he's going, any other, he's going to enjoy this. He loves this atmosphere. We yeah. went back earlier this week and showed the loss early in his career. And we saw the emotion and we showed the wins and we saw how much it meant to him there. He knows this is a fun atmosphere. He eats this up. We, we saw what he was wearing yesterday and today. He likes to be in this arena and it's hurting him to come out and not being able to perform. That's not a good shot on 16. He knew it as soon as he hit it. The toughest thing for Ricky has to be he's not going to these golf courses where he has had such great success. You know, missing the cut out in the California desert a couple hours from where he grew up. You know, playing poorly here in Phoenix where he's a past champ, yes, but also has lost in the playoff here as well. Soon he'll be at the Players' Championship. Where, I mean, remember how he was walking and that golf course, stalking that golf course, had been called the most overrated player in the game in an anonymous poll from Sports Illustrated alongside Ian Poulter. He turned that criticism into fuel, and he admitted he knows the talking points that are going on. He said last year to Steve Burkowski, he's taking his bad days home with him. He's taking his work home. And he's trying to be a better dad, better husband, better golfer. He doesn't want to do that. We're used to seeing a happy Ricky Fowler. It just has to be tough for him walking into an arena like this and you don't have your best stuff. And I talked to them about that exact thing at the American Express. That was his first event back. And we always talk about the perspective you get when you have a child and suddenly someone else in you is depending on you, whereas before you could be a little selfish. And I think that has changed him a little bit. There was a part of him at the American Express that I hadn't seen before where he's less worried about what people think about okay. him. And look, that hung heavy 
on him and it cuts both ways. He was very successful commercially and he enjoyed that and good for him. But in this situation the vast majority of the other 143 players in this field they could probably get away with it for a little while of trying to go through a swing change and struggling a little bit without you and I yeah. sitting here talking about it in the first block. Ricky knows he can't get away with it. It's just part of who he is. Part of his makeup part of his commercial success the California native hope for a better day on this Friday. Speaking of California natives how about Sahith Tagala 24 years of age off to a sizzling start on a warm Friday in Arizona. Birdie at one, birdie at two, birdie at three. And look at that. Perfect fairways, perfect greens. Sahith Tagala off to a fantastic start. It is, and he talked about it last night when they finished up. He wasn't able to finish his round, and he brought some good perspective. He said it was a good thing that they actually called him off the ball. He said, obviously, he was struggling back-to-back -back bogeys. He wanted to go home and get regrouped. Most players wouldn't be happy about yeah. having to wake up early again the next day. He kind of put it in perspective, and he was able to bounce back. That's huge. Said he was tired, said his plan this week was going to be to rest. He found out at the Farmers that he was going to get the sponsor exemption and, of course, wanted to come and be a part of this incredible scene. But how about his college career that's kind of setting the table for this player? At Pepperdine two years ago, swept all the three major Player of the Year awards, the Haskins, the Hogan, and the Nicholas. What should the folks at home know about this player? I think he's talented. We talk about all the tools that John Rahm has. I think he's very similar to that. If you look at his short game, if you look at what he's able to do off the tee, if you look at his iron play, there aren't really many weaknesses in that game that you would normally look at a rookie in that situation and think, oh, if he cleans this up, he can move it up to the next level. I think he has all the tools right now mm. to be able to be at that level. And the other part of it is he's so engaging. He's so easy to talk to. You and I were driving into work this morning. We were talking about yeah. like he's just refreshing when you talk to a young athlete and he seems to get it. He seems to get that my personality is part of who I am. And all of those things combined are going to make him a special player. And it hasn't been a smooth ride for him. This is someone who has scoliosis. It affects his driver swing a little bit more than his iron play. Of course, missed, what, 11 months during his college career with an injured left wrist, had a torn tendon that needed to be repaired. Even after his rounds on the PGA Tour, he'll continue to take care of that wrist. So I think, and I would imagine that having to overcome some difficulty has also kind of informed who he is as a player in person. He was asked about the wrist yesterday, and he continues to tape it, and he said he's actually surprised that he doesn't have as much pain and that's always going to be a good thing for an athlete moving forward from a major injury but I think we had this conversation earlier this week about Patrick Cantley there is something to be said and I've been told this in the past that for an athlete who overcomes some sort of adversity in their life that's beyond the arena the golf course what they do for a living and within Patrick Cantley's place it was an injury it was a back surgery it was the tragic loss of his best friend and his caddy that just makes you a stronger person and I think it's his uh, situation he is such a stronger mentally person than any other rookie in this class. Yes, and he's showing that strength on a Thursday and Friday through the early part of his second round. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Whether he's a brunette or a blonde, Brooks Kepka finding a way to shoot some scores. Five under 66 in round one. Kepka covered a lot of ground in his press conference yesterday. Made some tweaks uh, with the driver. Um, you know, it's one thing to do it at home, back in medalist, and, and see it perform there, but to actually come out and drive the ball in, in a tournament and hit it all I wanted to. Spin was great. Flight was good. Shape was great. So um, that was nice to see. And I... I feel like I've been playing good. It's just been the driver, uh, just tweaks in the setup, and um, you know, it's tough to play out of the rough at Tory. Uh, but yeah, everything everything seems to be clicking a lot earlier than what it's normal been normally been for me. Something about this course specifically, the layout of it, or is it just the vibes here that seem to bring the best out of you? I, listen, I've been playing good for a while, so I think everybody on my team expected this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do like the. I mean, two wins here be tough to say you don't like it brooks do you feel like do you, do you happen to know what you're ranked in the world these days 18 19 somewhere it's right 18 19 20, 20 somewhere right in there what is it i don't know i think it's 20 yeah this week do you feel like there are that many people better than you right right now i mean that's embarrassing to be 20th i feel like a lot of it has to do with injury man i've been hurt on the sidelines not playing playing through injury um, you can't compete with guys out here. And it's nice to be somewhat healthy and get out here. And I mean, I'm not too worried about it. It'll it'll bounce back up. Well, between uh, on a scale one to ten, how healthy are you? Pretty damn healthy. Eleven. Speed nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish, man. It's you're never 100 percent. No athlete's ever 100 percent. But um, if, if like I said, if you're not healthy, man, it's not easy. But at the same time, I mean. There's nobody out here that's shooting to be number two in the world. So if you are, you're probably playing the wrong, shouldn't be playing. So um, 19 spots to go. Looks Kepka opening up the barrel saying, hey, 20th, embarrassing. Take a look at the players in front of him. 19 players better than a four-time major champion player who was world number one. So, you know, we had the conversation about John Rahm and saying, it's a disappointing life if you're going to be bummed out about top tens. Brooks Kepka taking a much different tack. That's the most Brooks comment ever for him to be so disappointed that he's 20th in the world. And I get where he's coming from, and you get the focus, you get the energy, you get the hyper competitiveness that makes him so special. To, to that point, he hasn't been outside the top 20 in, or outside the top 20 in the world in four and a half years. So he has been on a roll. I can see how this is impacting him mentally simply because in his mind he's number one i don't think there's any doubt where he is in his mind it's just the world ranking math the part of this that i find interesting and to his point 
the injuries make it difficult. We have yeah. seen it with so many players, Tiger Woods being the primary example. That if you're healthy, I don't care how talented you are, you simply cannot compete at this level. Uh, we said it earlier in the week, or I said it earlier in the week, I'm not going to put you uh, in that box. I think he's the most mentally tough player since Tiger Woods. And I think this is someone who sees this as sport. This is confrontation, which is why he will call out Bryson DeChambeau and call out Phil and call out Dustin Johnson. The thing that I take away in Losing the embarrassment is the fact that he is healthy now. To watch him trying to read putts last year at Augusta National, where his whole lead up to the first major championship of the year was just about rehab, not doing the requisite weight work or hitting balls or playing practice rounds. He just wanted to be healthy enough to be able to show up at Augusta and compete, and he was livid when he missed the cut on Friday. I like this energy. I wish more players, and maybe they do it or express themselves in a different way, but Brooks Koepka leaves no doubt that he sees this as professional sports, mano a mano, confrontation. To get down into the nuts and bolts of it, he actually talked about his driving on Wednesday a lot. He feels like his game is at a position now where if he could just get the ball in play, he could be aggressive. And to that point, I had a chance to talk with some reps from his company. He did put a new driver in play this week. It's about a half inch longer. It's 45 inches. But the key is he went to an entirely new head that's got a fade bias to it. And we all know he likes to see the ball drop to the right. He's picked up some ball speed. Wasn't great off the tee yesterday, 6 to 14 fairways, but if you look at what he was, strokes gain tee to green, 6 in the field. If he can stay in that plus category in that, everything else he does is just going to pile on. Yeah, in the hundreds right now, strokes gained off the tee yeah. was 7th last year. When you hear what the way he is talking, I mean, I see someone who it's, it's major championship or bust because he's told us that, but yes, he thinks that this field and this week feels a lot like a major championship. I see someone who is going to win a major this year, if not more than one. The way he's talking, the expectations he has for himself, and maybe most importantly, that he is healthy. Are you looking at him in the same way? I look at him every bit as dangerous as a Colin Morikawa or John Rahm in the major championships this year. You put the caveat on it all the time that as long as he's healthy as you pointed out and there aren't any injuries that he's dealing with absolutely he's going to be in that conversation which is kind of a large conversation I can imagine we could come up with five guys yeah we say oh we feel like he, they're going to win a major championship this year but it's the swagger yes and he didn't lose it that's the part most of these players if they go into oh we just had a whole segment about Ricky Fowler being slump shouldered all week long yeah. he's lost that swagger it's going to take some good play to get that back you just can't manufacture that most players mm. Brooks can manufacture it. He walks around like he's won five major championships, even when he's struggling. That's the part of his game that I think really makes him special, on top of all the physical gifts. Yeah, even not 100% in 2021. He had three top 10 finishes in the major championship. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on Golf Today, Lou Eustazen making his 2022 debut yesterday. It was a good one, four under 67 for a player who has a major championship on the resume back in 2010. Now, earlier this week, our own Paige McKenzie had a premonition that Louie Louie would be in the mix based on numbers. The most recent three past champions had the average world rank of 12.67. So I decided to take a look at where that ranks in the current world ranking. And it happens to slide right between Louis Oosthuizen and Jordan Spieth, two players to keep your eye on. Obviously, Jordan Spieth coming into this week with good form, but Louis Oosthuizen also making his first start of this calendar year. The last time we saw him was at the RSM Classic in the fall where he withdrew due to a back injury. So excited to see him back, uh, back playing on the PGA Tour as well as the fact that we, as I mentioned, uh, has had two finishes inside the top 20 in the two times that he's played in this event. So maybe a good soft start for him in a place that he likes. Good premonition for Paige and Louie among a group of players who have never finished outside the top 20 in this event. In his case, two starts, T11 last year, third in 2017. Seven rounds in the 60s out of the eight rounds he's played, a scoring average of 67.25 here. So we can talk about Louie here. We can also talk about Louie Rex. Big picture, someone who's been in the frame and major championship Sundays for time immemorial, and yet he only has the lone PGA Tour win, which happened in 2010 at St. Andrews. I like that pull from Paige. You think she's got a thought on Super Bowl? Maybe. Should we should call her up. Maybe, maybe text her and try to figure it out. No, and she pointed out that he has not played since the RSM Classic, where he withdrew back issues, which have been a huge issue for him. I had a chance to talk with his swing coach, Justin Parsons, and he explained to me the plan was Louie and his family all went back to South Africa. They hadn't been back home in two years. The plan was to come back to the United States in time for him to start his season at Torrey Pines. His wife came down with COVID when they were going to fly, so they had to push it back a week. Then one of his kids came down with COVID, they had to push it back another week. So they ended up not being able to do this. But he pointed out yesterday after his round, he needed the seven weeks off in okay. retrospect. Again, go back to the back issues that have been something that he's had to deal with throughout his entire career. And just at the end of last season, he was tired. I mean, I think last year took a lot out of him. He had a lot of success. He finished tied for second at the PGA Championship, second at the U.S. Open, tied for third at the Open Championship. All of those things, I think, piled up. It was missed opportunities, and certainly I think there was a sense of urgency towards the end of last year that I cannot let these opportunities squander away again talking with Justin Parsons he said he actually put the clubs away didn't even have the clubs mm. in South Africa so it's not as though he even spent any time back home practicing 
So a little bit surprised that he got off to that start that he had yesterday. But again, he has one of those swings that Justin described to me. Doesn't require a lot of grooving. Yeah, it's aesthetically gorgeous to watch. His former coach Pete Cowan once told me that Louis is hypermobile, almost like a gymnast, which is why that golf swing looks as beautiful as it does. And the story on Louis a decade ago was that post winning that Claret Jug was that he just liked to spend a little too much time in the bush, hanging out, you know, hunting, riding on his tractor, you know, being deep into the forest in South Africa. And his then coach Pete Cowan would say, ah, you know, practice a little bit while you're off. His uh, mentor. In, in Ernie else the big easy would say I want to light a fire on the Louis because he has so much talent and I interviewed Louis and did a feature on him for Sports Illustrated a decade ago and he said listen it's family first it's my time away from golf second and golf is third but I also feel like as he's gotten older now at the age of 39 that he knows that you know time is not forever the time is now for him he's played fantastic golf but to just have one win with that gorgeous golf swing, you know that he knows that with this young group coming behind him now, the Justin Thomases and the John Roms, it's going to be harder and harder for win number two. And I think this goes to the earlier conversation about Brooks Kepka. It's all about what motivates people. Right. In the case of Brooks Kepka, I feel like anger motivates him sometimes when you think about what he does. But certainly there is an element that I want to be better than everyone else and I'll do whatever it takes and work the hardest. In this particular case with Louis, it's clearly not what motivates him. Yeah. I know we can sit here and talk about, well, he needs to work harder. He needs to be more dedicated. I'm not quite sure if he would be that player, even if he tried to be someone he's not. We've seen it throughout the course of time where if players try to be someone they're not, it usually doesn't turn out very well. Yeah, you just wonder if the question comes in 2010, Nobody, you know, on the golf radar really had heard of Louis Ustase. And I was there. It's a five-shot victory at the old course coming on the heels of Tiger winning in 2000 and 2005. And we all just assumed, you know, that well, it's just going to continue with that trend. And he wins by five. And the expectation was, because of the success of Ernie Els and Retief Goosen, that he would just kind of roll right behind those guys and continue to pick off major championships. Now, that being said about being someone you're not, He's very much aware of sure. where the Open Championship is this year. He's very yes. much aware we're going back to St. Andrews and what that would mean to him. And it's something that he's looking forward to. Justin Parsons explained that he knows this is an opportunity. It's a golf course he can still play very, very well. He can still compete against the best players in the world. I just ran through his major championship finishes last year. There's no question that he can do it. Can he finish? Yeah. That's the part that we're going to have to find out. Whatever happened at the Open Championship, it's a decade ago. Mm. It's a long time, and you maybe have to relearn how to win again. Yeah, and he was a co-runner-up in 2015 uh, when the, uh, the uh, Open Championship mm. took place there as well. So he does have great memories there. Obviously, he's been in the mix at Augusta National as well, losing in a playoff to Bubba Watson back in 2012. Folks, we're just getting started. It is a fantastic day here in Scottsdale, TPC Scottsdale. Now, this is a story about the Olympic gold medalist, Xander Shoffley, in a prickly situation. It's a golfer versus plant when golf today returns. Another hour of golf today, Xander Shoffley, Olympic gold medalist, but how did he fare against a cactus? Plus a report on why Xander has a new caddy this week. And 16 has given us so much already birdies and bogeys and big old booze. We show you the best of the famous or infamous par three. And a preview of the Super Bowl from L.A. itself. Kit Hoover from Access Hollywood Access Daily with all the stories 
leading up to the big game party here party there everywhere this is your night baby you've got to be there golf today rolls on golf today brought to you by points bet live look at the party scene in professional golf the 16th hole at tpc scottsdale where a golfer better have thick skin and a really good sense of humor costumes not required but they are encouraged funny hats football jerseys even onesies all are welcomed at the wm phoenix open we've seen just about everything on this friday the crowd building crowd booing as you can see you know you see the families with the same shirt when they go to like you know universal you see a lot of folks here in the same shirt not so they don't get lost but they're trying to make a statement here at the wm phoenix open as we welcome you back to our fantastic perch we're both working on our suntans damon hack alongside rex hoggard senior writer buddy and i said at the top of the show I want more of this. Did I convince you, or do you think, you know, let's keep this here in Phoenix, Arizona, because it's just so special. You, you can't duplicate this anywhere else. Again, I think this is both you and I being prisoners of the moment okay. and being here and enjoying it. But, yes, I, I'd love to see this more often. I don't know how much a steady diet of this. I think we would probably like it. I think the players yeah. would wear thin a little bit. But the atmosphere can't be beat. I, I, I pointed out again, this isn't so much about the structure that they have built here. We've been watching highlights from Tiger Woods' hole-in-one here on this hole. Doesn't seem that long ago, and none of this was here, but the only thing that was still here is the crowd, this yeah. atmosphere. The buzz was still here. They built the house, but the home was always, always here. It feels like a playoff event. It feels like the playoffs should be and feel it. Maybe it's because it's the Super Bowl week, and maybe it's because we're about to talk to Kit Hoover. We're seeing Joe Burrow jerseys and Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald jerseys, but doesn't this feel big? I feel like it's a cross-section. And again, okay. we're going to talk to Kit yeah. in a little while. And I feel like where the cross-section of entertainment and sports meet at the Super Bowl, and that's a big part of Super Bowl yeah. week, I think it's the same thing here. Because okay. you have, specifically over the weekend, because you're leading up to the big game on Sunday, and you have people out here. Now, I'll say, we say we want it, but I just watched the, the crowd just be brutal to poor Ben Silverman over here. I bet <laughs> you if you asked him, he'd say no once, fine. Once a year, all Ben Silverman can handle. Welcome in our own. Steve Burkowski, Burko. Good morning, Damon. As you just showed, 467 in the opening round for Xander Shoffley. He is scheduled to tee off just an over an hour from now, but it's still always a little bit of a waiting game. Why, you might ask, you alluded to the fact that Austin Kaiser, his normal long-term caddy, not on the bag, his buddy Kevin from his days, or at least that first year he spent at Long Beach State, flew in at the 11th hour on Wednesday. Let me give you some of the details. On Wednesday morning, Austin Kaiser woke up, didn't feel well. He shot a text down stairs to Xander Shoffley because they were staying in the same house, just two different levels. Ultimately, Austin Kaiser tested positive for COVID-19. Xander and everyone else in the house negative, so he was able to play yesterday, but he said he's under a COVID-19 protocol. He called the PGA Tour to get a sense of what's next. He has to test on a daily basis, so we're waiting to confirm that Xander will be out here on the range. The tour has released no information in terms of a WD. And when Xander talked about it yesterday, he said, it's really all I can do. The situation is unfortunate. I just hope I don't have a John Rom-like situation from a year ago at Memorial. So a little bit more on the mind of Xander Shoffley, Damon, than just the game of golf. Our own Steve Rakowski with some nuggets on the Olympic gold medalist, Xander Shoffley. I tell you, John Rom may be setting the roadmap for players who have to deal with that situation. You bounce back. 
by winning. Now, speaking of trying to bounce back, this is Shoffley vs. Cacti. Cacti always wins that one. You know that. And luckily, that's not the jumping choy. Remember those from a few I years do. ago? Yes, the they match would, play. They would come after you, and those really, really hurt wouldn't go away. This one's not great, but it's not quite that bad. Now, he's from Southern California, San Diego, <laughs> a neighboring state. That's a dangerous move, but, I mean, he is an Olympic gold medalist. I believe he got called out by the, the crowd, who we all know can be vocal sitting here. They're certainly vocal, who said, well, he's from San Diego. What do you expect? I mean, now removing, I, I guess, those, those needles... Calmly, coolly. He's a pretty calm, cool guy. Remember the cigar that he had at the Ryder Cup? He's a pretty cool guy. I, I, once he gets relaxed and gets in a situation, uh, and, and that's good for the filling caddy, that he knew immediately sort of step back and let him deal with the cacti. All right, let's see how it affected him on his second shot. He had a little hook shot, a little uh, sky hook Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from back in the day. Such cool imagination. He's one of those players, a lot like Ricky Fowler, who can just manufacture a shot when you know it makes him think a little bit harder, probably focus a little bit more. Well, you mentioned the folks were giving him a little bit of stick on social media, saying, hey, it was just funny. I grabbed it. I had a bunch of thorns sticking in my hand. Someone yelled, oh, this kid is from San Diego. And I was like, yeah, that was a rookie move. So next time I'll grab a towel or use my glove hand or, or ask the caddy to, to, to help him in that situation. Do I think? don't think the golf club would have helped in that situation. Yeah. Powell probably would have went way to go. Or maybe just rake it away with the club. I'm not quite sure how you do it. Now, you heard him say, uh, as Burkle reported, doesn't want a John Rom situation in that. Doesn't want to have to be a, a WD test positive uh, for COVID and have to leave this tournament. But in some ways, hasn't John Rom kind of given us a roadmap on how you handle it? He took the WD yeah. with, with remarkable grace in answer two weeks later with a major championship. He really did. I mean, you go back to what really was a surreal moment, maybe in my entire career, having him come off the golf course with a six-stroke lead, knowing that it's going to be hard to catch this man and just to have it unfold right there in front of us, right there in public. I know there was nothing else. No other way the tour could have handled it. it yes, he did lay a very good roadmap. And I think in Xander's particular case, he's, he's taking it very well. We don't know how it's going to play out yet. I hope he can play and finish up this particular tournament. But he knows this is a week-to-week -week thing on the PGA Tour. It's something we've been dealing with for two years now. I've been very complimentary of how the PGA Tour has handled the protocols and how they evolved. I think this is a really good example of how those protocols have evolved, which allows Xander to continue to mm. play. A lot of the folks at home are watching the Winter Olympics. Nathan Chen, Michaela Schifrin. He, of course, is an Olympic gold medalist in Xander Shoffley. Do you think that that medal has taken a little bit of the pressure off of him for a while? The storyline was he can't convert a 54-hole lead, had a 54-hole lead here last year alongside Jordan Spieth that wasn't able to push it across the line. I think it takes the pressure off what we expect of him. Okay. I don't know if it does for him because I don't know if he was the type of player that was going to read a lot of headlines or look at a lot of tweets. I don't even think he's on Twitter. And, and kind of take that to heart. He's just not that kind of guy. I think those of us who kind of break these things down for a living, yeah, yeah it's probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt. That was a really, really good field of guys that were chasing him down on that Sunday in Tokyo. But no, I think internally, he loves the gold medal. I think it's still with his dad. I don't think he can pry it out of his dad's hands. But yeah. in his mind, he still has bigger and better things to do. We'll see. Right now, the main thing is to avoid the cactus in round two. Yes. When he tees off in just a little bit. Folks, biggest Sunday night of them all. Super Bowl 56 live from SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles, California. Aaron Donald and the Rams take on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That is not a misprint, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday, 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on NBC, Peacock, and Telemundo. Right now, we're joined by the host of Access Hollywood and Access Daily, Kit Hoover, 
on a Friday. It is great to see you, first of all. I want to ask you about this intersection of sports and entertainment. How much are those lines being blurred even more and more in the modern day? Well, Damon Rex, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. Huge honor for me. Uh, the intersection of sports and entertainment is my wheelhouse. But when you have the host city and the L.A. Rams playing in it, talk about a winning combo. I mean, anytime I've covered the Super Bowl, it's tons of celebrities that come out. But when it's L.A., baby, I mean, the script writes itself. So I'm excited to be part of the five-hour pre-show uh, on NBC. So I will be wrangling in all the big names for you. There's got to be so many things that you enjoy about this week, but what are you looking forward to the most? I love being in the action. I love any and all sporting events. And when you get the, the biggest one like this on the world stage, the Super Bowl, just to be in the center of it. And with these two teams, I love the quarterbacks. I love Stafford and Burrow. I love their stories. Um, to be part of it all is going to be great. And I think the whole world right now is ready for feel-good sports moments with the Olympics going on, with everything going on in golf and in football. It just makes it fun, something to root for. Yeah, we want great stories. And speaking of great stories, all I could do is read the notes that I have that apparently you went to the same high school as Rams coach Sean McVay. Can you confirm or deny this, this rumor that I've heard? <laughs> Well, first of all, let's be clear. I could have birthed him. I'm that much older, but that is correct. <laughs> we did go to Marist High School in Atlanta, Georgia. I think we we're both voted most athletic. Uh, he's delivering me the most distinguished alumni award uh, in the spring. It's quite the great athletic high school, and we're so proud of him. And I love watching his dad in the stands cheer him on. So McVeigh all the way. The Super Bowl has become such an event that crosses over between entertainment and sport. You said you have been here before. Is this something similar, what they have built here in Phoenix? Okay, first of all, the greatest show on grass. Can I please come mm -hmm. back every year? This is not the golf clap crowd. This is my crowd. Uh, I was lucky enough to go, God, I don't know how many years ago it was now, five, maybe six. I was blown away. Take me to the 16th hole right now. I've never had more fun in my life meeting people. There was tons of celebrities there and former athletes and then watching everybody compete. This reminds me of like the horseshoe at Ohio State or the swamp at Florida. It was so rowdy and so much fun. I got to come back there, boys. I need to be there in the action. We'll save a seat for you. We'll leave the light on for you as they say. Now, you told us you're from Georgia, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a question about the Masters, the first major championship of the year. Do you have a favorite Masters memory? I've been lucky enough to go a bunch of times. Uh, guys, the pimento cheese sandwich in the green cellophane for a dollar, nothing tastes better than that. Uh, Almond Corner delivers every time. Uh, I was there in 1997, I believe it was, when Tiger won his first green jacket at the age of 21. And um, it's just spectacular. I think that's the Southern in me. It's the reminder of spring. I look forward to it. Jim Nance, his, uh, his voice just runs through my head. I love every part of that. It's such a special tournament. So I look forward to it every year. Now, Kit, it's clear that Damon and I don't know a lot about fashion based on what we're wearing right now. So I want to get the expert opinion from you. And I'm going to throw just some names and some pictures at you. Let's start with Ricky Fowler, what he was wearing. Okay, rookie Fowler and his Puma, you got to love the bright orange. He is kind of kicked up in the game for coming in with, with a whole different look with the wide belts and taking the pants down. I'm a fan. I like the color. 
My mom right. does not right. like that wide brim hat, but I like it. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, we're off to a good start. Now we're gonna transition, and Pat Perez, he can get a little bit out there. What do you think of this? Patty P right there bringing it. I like the color blocking there, the black with the green. I like the pleated a little bit bag of your pants. The hair is strong. When you got hair like that, guys, nothing else matters. Wow. She likes it. All right, all right. we're going to transition to hair. Let's finish strong on this. We've talked a lot about what Brooks Kepka did with his hair. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are we shaving it? Are we growing it out? Brooks, Brooks Kepka can do no wrong in my book. It's the Billy Idol of golf. I need more of it. He could poof it up a little more, but I am here for all of it. Now just deliver. Kid, Let kid the who, game follow the hair, and I'm in. She's a huge golf fan. I mean, who knew she is up on all like the storylines while she's covering the Super Bowl kit. It's great to visit with you. Have a great time in Los Angeles, where I grew up, by the way. And we'll talk to you next oh. time. Okay, fellas, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. I'll be watching. There she is, Kit Hoover, Access Hollywood, Access Daily. And speaking of Brooks Kepka, by the way, let's take a look at the tea time. 2.13 p.m. Eastern, so it's just a little bit from now. Tied for 12th. Two-time champ, defending champ, tired of that number 20 ranking, Rex, and, and not even tired, embarrassed by it, he said. If he wins this week, do we update that file photo and make him a blonde now? I think you have to. He get a lot, a lot of uh, good official World Golf ranking points available this week with three of the top four in the world. We're going to see how he plays. Again, we goes back to the idea that if he can drive the ball, not great, just decent. Every other part of his game is so strong, so he puts himself in play. It's going to give him an opportunity to score. And again, we know how much success he has had on this golf course. Yeah, very, very healthy finally, he said. I and mean, last year it was a situation kind of putting like tape and, and band-aids on his body, trying to find a way to kind of muscle through the major championship portion of the season, especially. And hey, he missed one cut and had three other top ten finishes. I was not going to worry, and we debated this earlier this week, but when you look at just the ebb and flow of his career, been pretty clear. He will go into these flows. He will get into the situation where he's not playing his best, but he always seems to way of play, playing his way out of it going into the Masters, going into the PGA Championship, going into the U.S. Open. I wasn't going to get nervous until we were having this conversation six months from now. And amazingly open about what he expects of himself, not shying away from really great expectations. Yeah, I think that double-digit major championships are in play for me. Uh, not shying away from saying, yeah, Tigers 15 and Jack's 18 are play. But who else in the modern game is going to start using those names in those words in terms of your goals? We, we've talked about it this week, saying the quiet thing out loud, and that's saying the quiet thing out loud. I think you have a lot of players, talented players, who have already on the board, already won majors, that sort of have that vision that, yes, we can chase down Tiger Woods. I think Jack is, is kind of difficult to fathom. But I think they think it internally, say it out loud, then you got to back it up. He only puts more pressure on himself when he does this, but he seems to enjoy that. He really does. That's kind of how he's been built as uh, someone who wasn't really ballyhooed necessarily as an amateur. Uh, he'll tell you he didn't come through the front door in this game. You've got the, the Justin Thomases who we saw coming. The Jordan Spieth, U.S. Junior Amateur Champ. I mean, this, this is a player who had to go overseas to play, you know, to hone his game to really become the player that he is today. I always thought that was an interesting way for him to find his way up through the ranks. He could have followed everyone else. He could have tried to play his way up through the Corn Ferry Tour. He could have tried Monday qualifying or sponsors exemptions and doing it that way. He's certainly talented enough to have pulled that off. He decided to go in a different direction, playing his way up from the Challenge Tour all the way up to the DP World Tour, which was the European Tour at the time. 
it took a lot. It was difficult. He traveled around. He had to get uh, papers added to his passport. He yeah. was traveling around the world so much. I think it helps the persona, the person he is right now, that he did that. I find it fascinating that no one has followed suit. Mm. You do not see young players doing what he did. I think he took a very, very special person who was mentally tough and very, very confident to pull that off. Different grasses on the golf courses, different languages spoken, struggling to find a place to stay. Where do I eat? You know, good foods. Different foods. I mean, absolutely. And here he is now, a four-time major champ, eight PGA Tour wins. Someone who is confrontational. Listen, if you're a golf fan, you may not like the way he goes about his business. We see these players, in some sense, a little more collaborative. He's very, very much a confrontational player. Bryson DeChambeau was a conversation earlier in the week about what we know now is going to be an issue for him going forward, which is injuries. You can't swing that hard. You can't add 40 pounds of muscle to your frame and expect not to deal with some sort of injuries. Now, he's trying to control that, and we're going to have to see where it goes. I think Brooks is in a very, very similar situation. He's going to have to find a way to stay healthy. He hasn't done a very good, good, very good job of that the last few years, but if he can stay healthy, you expect big things out of him. Now, I'll never forget Bryson DeChambeau calling Patrick Reed saying, hey, he's one of my co-workers, I think was how he referred <laughs> to him in an interview with Todd Lewis. I don't think that Brooks Koepka sees any of these guys as his co-workers. He sees them as impetitives, as people that could be in his way of trying to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. I certainly don't think he looks at his co-workers as equals in that particular mm. situation. When he talks in the context of it's embarrassing that I'm 20th in the world and I only have to go up 19 more spots. He's serious. I mean, yeah. he's not making this up. He's not pounding his chest. This is the way he thinks. He's not afraid. To say, again, say the quiet thing out loud. Yeah, and if he isn't always as focused during PGA Tour stops, he is at least this week. He says that this feels big time to him. He said that the WM Phoenix Open feels like a major championship with the crowd, with the heckling. He mentioned New York. You hear the boos behind us right now. He feeds off it. He remembers when he was starting to kind of lose that lead at Beth Page Black at that PGA when Dustin Johnson was making a move. Brooks was like, hey, you know what? I fed off that. I needed to hear those heckles and come on, DJ, kind of wake up and close out that major championship. It's interesting to see how people are motivated. You're right. I think the boos, and he has mentioned this, throughout the week in both interviews he's done this week that he likes the booze and he likes the cheers just as much but I think when he gets on a green like this yeah. on the 16th green the booze only going to fire him up there is something about his demeanor there's something about him viewing himself as an athlete that could transcend whatever sport you happen to be playing that drives him to perform in front of a gallery like this Brooks Kepka about to make his way to the golf course in his title defense on this Friday Back on golf today, you know, sometimes in TV folks exaggerate, Rex, but these pictures don't lie. 16 has been off the chain this week, off the hook, some might say. So much fun for these uh, sun-drenched golf fans and sports fans, and for the, for the players as well, if you come here with the right attitude. And I think most players are coming here with the right attitude. I, I think most players look at this as an opportunity to do something outside the norm. I don't know if they would agree with you and me to a certain degree that we need to add more to these, but I just think the energy that this brings at this time of year, it's a perfect fit. And we felt it up here. Everybody's having such a great time. And yes, it's a golf tournament to be won, but man, we're having a lot of fun along the way. All right, folks, uh, Jordan Spieth, the week he had last week, harrowing in some ways, but productive as well. You see, one under yesterday, got bit by that 17th hole, made double bogey, playing alongside Xander Shoffley, Olympic gold medalist was in that 
COVID-19 protocol, hoping to stay negative. And then, of course, Victor Hovland with three wins in his last five starts. And I watched Jordan Spieth, and, you know, he was maybe let one get away, you might say, last week. Or you could say that Tom Hoagie just hit the shots down the stretch. But whatever you say, however you describe it, I feel like, Rex, this is a okay. player who's starting to get that old feeling back where he used to say, like, for example, at Augusta National, you know, the players, they fear me around here. They know my record. Now, he's not all the way back. He said that even in the wake of his win at Valero. But I feel like he's starting to put the pieces together. Well, and I think that's the key. I mean, he talked about it after Valero. He talked about it after the entire season. And he still had a long way to go to get back to where he was, if he can ever get back there. I think the part that I find fascinating is coming off of, as you pointed out, what was an extremely emotional week at Pebble Beach. And we're talking about what he did with the Clift on number eight on Saturday. And I think coming up a little bit short, he's the type of guy he's going to spend a lot of time thinking about this between what happened on Sunday at Pebble and teeing it off Thursday. I think it was emotional. I think it was an opportunity to win. And when you're a world-class player, you're going to look back and probably look at this as a missed opportunity. That's going to motivate him. And I think going forward, it's only going to continue to motivate him to get back to where he was. You pick the year, 2015, whatever you, you want to pick, he gets back there eventually. Do you sense it in your conversations with him or folks in his camp that he does seem to be kind of turning the corner? He's not, you know, braggadocious by any sense, but he does seem to feel like at long last he is moving in the right direction. I think he is, and, and he doesn't have any unspoken thoughts, and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. Certainly, we love to hear him on the golf course, but on this particular front, it was tough for him because he wanted to continue to be the same person. He wanted to continue to be this approachable and outspoken person, but he kept getting the same question over and over again. I think that was just as exhausting as the poor play on the golf course. It's been enlightening for him to turn that corner, and as long as he continues to put himself into contention, he's going to be happy. Yeah, wants to get in the mix on this Friday. We mentioned Patrick Cantlay's first ever WM Phoenix Open. Your first, your final thoughts on the week. Bring us more. I don't think you can replicate this anywhere else. This is a special place, but I'm all in if you want to do more of this.